0: Hello and welcome home! Thank you for joining us on episode 128 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor and Damon. How's it going, guys?
1: Pretty good for a Sunday. It's actually nice here for once. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holiday holiday weekend here. You had your holiday weekend last weekend.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, and it this weekend it didn't snow. So <laughs>
0: just oh <my> gosh. <laughs> just to give you a
1: perspective, it's actually funny. We we've swung entirely the opposite direction where it's uh, it's now feeling like summer. So we we kind of skip spring, and and that happens here all the time. <laughs> so.
0: Well, oddly enough, here it was like ninety yesterday, and today it's in like the sixties. It, like it's kind of flipped completely, hmm. which is uh you know Fahrenheit, of course. I, I know I know you're usually working on Celsius, but but Fahrenheit, yeah. It's it was in the nineties yesterday. Now it's in the sixties, and uh, it's a little chilly out today. It's it feels almost like fall. i was assuming oh, the so same things happening up by
1: uh, Damon too. So, but
2: I wore a sweatshirt this morning. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's cold.
1: So you guys took my weather then. That's fine. Right, you can keep it.
0: I mean, not snow, <laughs> but I mean it's chilly. It's, yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's for sure. So, so yeah. So uh, why don't we why don't we get right into it today? I, I you know I, I hesitate to say this because uh, I feel like this has never happened. But I I, I feel like the, we don't have a lot, uh, a ton of topics to talk about today. So I don't know how long this is going to go. But I always say that, and then we end up going way too long. So <laughs> so we'll see
2: yeah i think i think the first thing is that we just want to uh you know well wishes to kayla's uncle mark i think he's been going through some stuff there's a post in the group if anyone wants to check it out so yeah
0: yeah check that out i i I appreciate the people that have been commenting on that yep yeah that's been nice so what were you gonna say trevor i'm sorry no
1: i i I was just agreeing with Damon that yeah you know definitely make sure you guys go look at the the post and you know let kayla's uh uncle mark know that he's got some support out there
0: yeah definitely um we did we did also get a question via email and I wanted to read cuz I, I appreciated the time that it took to write this out and and just the the nice sentiment of this. So so Blake wrote us uh via email uh Tom Damon and Trevor wanted to send you a quick note of thanks. I've been listening to your podcast for about 5 months. Pretty pretty new listener Blake is uh that which is great. Uh, At the beginning of the year, my wife and I, mostly me, were needing to lose weight. We we are trying to come up with the usual, what do we reward ourselves with? I've been a huge Disney fan all my life. I'm wanting to buy DVC since I met my wife, but she's always put the brakes on it because of the money. At the time, mid-January, I was up to 291 pounds and not healthy. And while we were talking, I came up with an extreme goal and reward. I said, what if I set a goal of getting down to 200 pounds? Could I buy DVC then? My wife thought a minute and said, if you lose 91 pounds, you can buy into DVC and I won't say a word. And he says, game on. (laughs) So uh, fast forward to today, I've lost 50 pounds down to 241. I need to lose another 41 pounds before I buy into DVC for the first time. And I think I'll hit that goal around November or December. The reason I need to thank you is that one of the ways I've been losing weight to walk six miles every day and your podcasts serve a crucial role in helping motivate me while i listen uh to keep walking while i listen Uh, despite what damon says i i feel like damon you haven't complained about the long episodes but (laughs) but despite what damon says i like the long episodes as it keeps me from having to fumble around my phone while i walk keep the long episodes coming thanks so much now here's his question. Unless, well, here's but yeah, saying. so
2: yeah, so I mean, I don't remember necessarily complaining about the longest was either. I mean, I just leave. So I yeah, mean, yeah There's true. no complaints yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> David
0: <Damon laughs> doesn't say anything. He's just gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, listen, I, I like I, I appreciate you writing that in. It's it's nice to hear that we provide any sort of motivation for that. So that's that's really cool for sure. So uh, especially when you're working towards the goal of DVC. So. Um, so here's here's a scenario that he wants to say, to us to answer. I've just hit the magical reset button. You, you three still have all the knowledge and experience gained from your time as DVC members, but now all your contracts are gone and you own nothing in DVC. However, you now have the money you spent on DVC back in your bank accounts. This is your chance to completely start over fresh with no encumbrances. I like that word. It's a good one. Of where you already own. Uh, assume there's availability at every DVC property. Knowing what you know now, how would you start over with DVC? Which resort or resorts direct to resale or a mix? Anything you anything you wish you had done differently? Other than I wish I had bought earlier. Uh, thanks for the show. That's a good question. I, yeah, I,
1: I like this question. Okay, who, who wants to tackle this
0: first? Well, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go first. So okay. I, I'll, I'll say that I would probably not have bought at Bay Lake Tower I, just because we. It's not that we don't like staying there. It's just we've only stayed there the one time, and I feel like we've stayed other places a lot more and enjoy places other places a lot more. We like we like Bay Lake. It's just not our, our favorite. So I, I think we probably would have bought in somewhere else, maybe uh, Animal Kingdom, or you know, th- probably probably Animal Kingdom or something like that. Uh, and, you know, it's, so that's probably the big thing. But I also and and I found, you know, obviously found this out later. I've talked about this before, how I didn't even know resale was an option when I bought my first contract. I probably still would have bought one contract direct just to get the benefits and then bought the rest resale like I've done, done, you know, done a mix of it. Uh, but I, I probably would have done even more research than I'd done initially, you know, really look at everything and, and, you know, figure out which was the, the best uh, resort for me to buy into. And, and, you know, the, the same use years, I definitely wouldn't have bought that, bought that other contract. That was a different use year than my other two contracts. That was, that was an annoying mistake that I made. <laughs> so uh, I definitely wouldn't have done that, but I probably just would have chosen a different home resort. What about you guys?
1: Okay. I'll, I'll go next. Um, Yeah. So I, I think for myself, I, I wouldn't have changed how we bought in, um, you know, getting the direct contract at the, at the poly, um, that absolutely would stay. Um, I would keep that there, but, um, I would have adjusted the points. Um, or the, the one thing that we did change when we started staying at the poly was we originally stayed in the standard view. And then when we realized we could get enough points to stay at the lake view, um, the I I prefer the Lake View obviously so I I would have made sure that I had enough points to to factor in the Lake View would it would have been the big difference, um and then the only other thing I would have changed is, is if I could have bought into Grand Californian, um I would have actually or because the problem is is it, it's at a point now where it, like even. Uh, resale is is hard to get and i shouldn't say hard to get but you know it's it's still a lot more expensive for for what it is um but yeah i, w- I would look into getting a grand californian contract because at this point we're already talking about when the, when the new dbc um hotel opens up in california we want to we want to get to that scenario where we're basically alternating every year between disneyland and disney world so that would be the only thing
2: I would change is getting some Grand Californian points.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. What about you, Damon?
2: Um, I don't think I would have changed resorts or anything like that. I mean, it was the resort that when we were ready to buy, I mean, I would probably just do the same thing. Whatever resort had the longest time, you know, left on the contract I would buy it or whatever time I bought. I think the only thing that I probably would have done differently in the process is my second direct contract. I just probably would have bought more points. Um, it, it's so easy to buy direct in terms of, you know, you, it's not on your credit report, right? That's, that's something that's really nice, especially if you're concerned about buying it and then having to buy other things like cars or houses or things like that. And the process is just extremely easy because it's all done in that, that Disney bubble, right? So. While the pricing is a little bit more and the loan, <laughs> the, the loan is a little bit higher. I think the ease of it just makes it, you know, I, I would have bought more points. I bought 50 as my second contract and I probably wish I had bought a hundred. But other than that, no, I mean, I would have stuck with, with, um, direct just like I did. I don't think I would have changed anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that was a good question. I, I really hadn't thought about that before, I guess, right? Going back and changing something
1: like that. Yeah. I th- I think even, you know, knowing everything that we know about resale, you know, resale is definitely, I think it's great for adding on, but you know, I, I, I think you guys all agree that, you know, having, you know, buying that direct, at least, you know, for the first or second contract. Um, yeah, it, it kind of, um, you know, getting getting the benefits, and like like David said, you know, dealing with the the Disney bubble, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't think I would ever change that.
0: Yeah, I get that. Uh, so, who wants to read this, Allison? Question:
1: uh, I'll I'll take that one. Um, so so Allison asks: Which movies slash IPs are overrepresented at Disney, and which are underrepresented? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, okay. Well, okay, overrepresented. Um, I would go Mickey. Uh, <laughs> I
0: mean, is he though? I mean, he's only got the Absolutely. one ride. He's only got the one ride, though. Everything. I mean, I know Mickey's on everything, but
2: on everything though, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: gonna I, I was actually going to say Cinderella myself, and and I think that's mainly because I don't. I, I've said this before. Because you have some hate back. there. You have some Cinderella I, hate. I, I'm not. I'm just not a fan of Cinderella. I don't. I don't like it. A, like like. I've never liked the show. And yeah, I just feel that it, it gets way too much um, front and center. It, <laughs> yeah. The
2: the thing is, is you have to look at everything that's super duper classic, right? That has you know stood up the, to the test of time, and and those things have to stay, right? Like Cinderella, Snow White, Mickey,
0: Peter Pan, and, yeah
2: cinderella snow white mickey and i think that um (laughs) you don't
0: put peter pan in there No, i do
2: not no No, it's not how do you not put peter pan in there because it's not as classic as those i'm sorry to tell you
0: i I mean okay
2: (laughs) it's just not start asking people you know again outside of maybe what you've watched and and asked people and and they'll tell you they've seen Snow White and Cinderella. Not all of them have seen Peter Pan. But that, that being said, I think that there's that level of classic that needs to happen. And, you know, while there's definitely shows that I think are far better and movies that are far better, you know, just because they, you know, it's like gravity falls. I mean, I think that's probably the best thing Disney has ever put out, but Would it be smart to represent that in the park outside of, you know, the Epcot, you know, around the world, you know, thing? Like, no, it it wouldn't be smart. So, it's very difficult, like, underrepresented, overrepresented, you know, what should be there, Uh, you know? Like, I mean, how many people love DuckTales? I don't even really, you know, the original one I love, but the new one, like, it's okay. I mean, it's cool that, you know, they're doing something with it, but that's not everybody, so... You know they're they're kind of limited to this you know greater common denominator.
0: I'd say in general, like the Disney Channel kind of properties are not well represented in the parks, right?
1: Yeah, and, and you know that that kind of goes back to what Damon was saying is you know there you know there's there's lots of shows over the years. You know there has been other shows. You know not necessarily to the same level of of thought as Gravity Falls, but. There has been a lot of those Disney Channel shows that you know at various points they 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 build up a lot of hype and they and they they are very popular, but for whatever reason you know and, and you know kind of to what Damon's saying you know they they don't um, they don't want to put them in the parks because it, one you know things do change quickly on Disney Channel like if you actually do look at the uh, the amount of shows that come out and, and that turnover on what's popular they wouldn't be able to sustain that i guess is the first problem and then mm-hmm. um yeah you know that not what resonates with me doesn't resonate with with you know the next
2: person is the next problem yeah I think, though, if it was represented in the ways that we see, you know, we see the Phineas and Ferb and the DuckTales and and smaller things like that would be interesting. But I think the cost that comes along with that is just a little too high, especially... Think about it. You know, they did DuckTales while DuckTales was still kind of being produced. Like, if you went back and did something with Gravity Falls, like, you have to find all these people again to do that. I think a lot of the things, they don't necessarily know how well they're going to do. I think that they were aware that DuckTales was going to do well regardless. And I think that's why they were able to accomplish something like that. And Phineas and Ferb just went on forever, I feel like. So that was easy to accomplish. But to bring everyone back, I mean, bring back Alex Hirsch for Gravity Falls to do something, like, that's just not going to happen. So yeah. I wish it did. And I wish there was a smaller venue for things like that um, as I were doing shows, but I don't think it could be anything large. It just wouldn't be cost effective. Yeah.
0: It's, there's a there's a uh, Gravity Falls uh, marathon going on in Disney XD this weekend. We've been watching.
2: I, I think there always is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there's hey, specific.
0: They specifically have a marathon that they're advertising. That although they're saying they're doing it in order, and they absolutely are not doing it in order. So I don't know what why they keep saying they're doing it in order when it's well, obvious they're not.
2: But <laughs> so so you have to remember, right? There's production order and airing order, and they're definitely different. And you well, yeah. realize that it's, actually most of the Disney shows are actually aired out of production order. I don't actually remember a show that hasn't aired out of production order at least a few episodes. So what you may be seeing is just, you know, they're going episode 101, 102 which is not how it originally came out.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just weird cuz it doesn't make sense with the storyline sometimes. <laughs> so I mean, although we were watching yesterday, I, I don't know if maybe just the the marathon didn't start until today or what whatever, you know, but
2: It's never not on. It is I not can a tell lot. you yeah. that. It's yeah. not a lot. Yeah. Like I, I watched, I rewatched re- the mini golf one with, um, you know, the, the, the people that are golf balls. The, yeah. it, it's such oh, a great yeah. episode. It's a great one. Yeah. And, you know, again, I realized like, man, this show is just really good. And you would think, you know, even we know in our group, when we started asking people, when we started doing the podcast, people were unaware of the show. And again, I would say it's probably Disney's crowning, you know, crowning achievement in terms of animation. Yeah, especially with a series. I don't think there's I mean maybe you can talk movies, but I don't think there's another series that really comes close to that. Besides Amphibia, which again I'm still, you know, we got to see how that ends.
0: Yeah, I keep seeing commercials for that during the uh during the <laughs> it's, uh, really good, <laughs> it's really
1: good, man. It's really good. Yeah. So okay, so I, I guess just to go back to the whole underrated overrated thing. So outside of Gravity Falls, it, it so well, I'm not there... saying overrated, underrated, overrepresented, underrepresented. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I, I guess, is there any other show that you can think of outside of there? Like, like not even talking animation, but has there ever been another show that you can think of that you feel should have some representation in the park?
2: Mm. And so, again, if we have to talk a little bit of classic, I guess we're talking classic movies. You know, I don't love the, the way that I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I don't love the way that Toy Story is actually represented in general. Like, I, I think it's yeah. definitely represented. There's no doubt about that. But I don't love the way it, it's represented. I think there could have been more there. I think like the kind of the cool things that exist in Toy Story are, are just not out in the open enough when there's a land. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I, I think the the rides are fine, but I wish the land was more like Star Wars like. It doesn't like immersive
0: more like yeah the land
2: doesn't really feel that immersive I'll be honest with you and I I think that that's such a huge IP that I felt like maybe there should have been a little bit more immersion in that land I don't know
0: could we say Pixar in general is overrepresented because it's like everywhere
1: but is it Pixar overall (laughs) I I I mean I'm I'm trying to think how like. Okay, par- park by park, like obviously Hollywood Studios has a. lot Every of
0: park them. has something that has Pixar.
1: Okay, but yeah. but how overrepresented is it though? Like no, so in I mean, yeah. In, yeah. in Magic Kingdom. Okay, we've got we Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah.
0: Buzz, yeah, which again, like it's. A, and, I, it, but th- then I think what else? They need to fix that right, and make
1: it better <laughs> yeah, they, they, they need to give you the disneyland guns the disneyland guns are way
0: better yeah they the guns are terrible in that and they work like half the time that ride has been falling apart i feel like for like to- 10 years so yeah. they need to fix t- that thing
2: t- totally overrepresented as an ip but totally not represented correctly okay it so it's like your ride in general like it could have been so much more, but well, you but see that's some of the point. other
0: versions of it, yeah. Some of the other versions are great. Sorry, go ahead, Trevor.
1: Uh, yeah, that's my point is, you know, there's only one ride that you can think of in Magic Kingdom that is Pixar related, and that's Buzz that's Lightyear. And then, you know, going to Epcot and um Animal Kingdom, where yeah, I, I agree, Life, Trevor,
2: and then Nemo. It, Bug's Life isn't even Pixar like it is it
1: but is it's like world. it is but it's not it, it's kind of it's one of those fading IPs but but again Up. the point is is that you you've got yeah okay so so Up and and Tough to Be a Bug are the only yeah. two in, in animal kingdom I wouldn't call that overrepresented I mean there you know yeah. you know honestly that that's leaning more Pixar, towards under finding I me mean, yeah, the musical
2: cuz Pixar is their money at this point I would oh,
0: think Oh yeah yeah Although Disney animation's been doing pretty well lately. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. well,
2: yeah, Frozen and
0: Moana
1: and stuff. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah.
0: And Wreck and Ralph is even, that's even Disney animation, right? So, like, even if they put Wreck and Ralph in Tomorrowland, that's still going to be Disney. Um, I yeah. Like I, 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 I was just throwing it out there. I wasn't necessarily saying yeah, no, I think that they're overrepresented, but. Uh, you could probably make that case more at Disney at Disney California Adventure, right? Like that's because <laughs> the whole Pixar area.
1: But. Well, well, Pixar Pier is, is kind of um, it, it's kind of an analog to Toy Story Land. Like they yeah. it, they they kind of the, I, I guess the thing is is Pixar is has it has its own section, but you know yeah. having having its own section doesn't mean that it's too much in the parks. So, like sure, I I, I I guess the way I was looking at it was you know like I, I said Cinderella because. Um, you know, sorry, but you know, obviously, she's got the castle in the middle of the park, and it seems like everywhere you go, there is always like
2: Cinderella so, stuff, and she's in the parades yeah. and all that. Kind yeah, of but stuff. so who would you say is is a more important princess for Disney? Well, well over Sleeping Cinderella? Beauty is the original. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Sleeping Beauty. What again? Forget about who the original is. I mean, what's more important though? Who do, you know? Who do more people know? Like, I think Cinderella is just iconic. You know, she's yeah. the she's yeah. the Beyonce of Disney.
1: Now
2: I'm not first. a fan of Beyonce either, but <laughs> uh, but I mean you know not the first, but yeah. probably the best. And no one doesn't know who Beyonce is. It's it's the same sort of you know analogy. Yeah, everybody like. knows who Cinderella is, right? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that again. Like I think that the the problem that I have with this is there's just so much in terms of IP and ride development just takes forever. Yeah, And and you're just never going to represent an IP unless you're talking about movies that are making a ton of money that don't go anywhere and there's more than one, right? That's why we don't see a lot of stuff until, you know, we get either that classic status or you get some spinoffs or some, you know, second uh, movies and things like that.
0: But well, that's, I mean, not that's not why it took that. so long to get Frozen yeah. stuff, right? I mean, Frozen was a gigantic hit, right? If Disney could have put a, Disney did not expect that movie, I think, to be a huge hit, right? So then it was, and then it was, took years to put, you know, it takes years to develop rides and then build them and, you know, all that. I mean, it takes a long time to get that going. So <laughs> now you've got whole lands that are being built in some of the other parks around Frozen, but, uh, yeah. you know, it took some time to get there.
2: Yeah, because, you know, Frozen's not going anywhere. Like, you know, kids as they come up are still going to do Frozen. You know, may not have the popularity of when it was first introduced, but they'll still, it will be part of that watching cycle. Um I think that, you know, the original characters are probably still underrepresented in, in terms yeah. of, yeah. you know, like, what does Pluto actually have?
1: Nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, and I mean, I, the only thing I can think of that like Donald has is like basically what Mickey's magic, right? That's pretty much the only thing Donald does anything with.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, Go- Goofy's got his coaster, but that's uh, uh, yeah. does that even count?
0: Not really, right?
1: <laughs> I, I I
2: wouldn't be proud of that. But <laughs> it, it, listen, if, I guess if you're using that as your first coaster introduction, it's a great idea. But that's, you know, people have to, I think when they engineers, you know, the Imagineers sat down, maybe that was what they thought. But then you have to realize it's Disney and everyone's going to want to go on it, even if you're saying that it's an introduction coaster for kids. And I think that's where it kind of fails a little bit.
1: Yeah, I get that. I, I think the other thing that fails it as well. So they have the same coaster in Disneyland, but it's Gadgets Go Coaster. So it's it was based on Rescue Rangers back in the 90s. And, you know, it's still Gadgets, but, um, th- again, theming does go a long way in these cases as well. Because even though Gadgets is also a very short coaster, it has a lot more interesting stuff going on
2: in the the ride area.
1: As
0: soon as you so. think Gadget, I thought Inspector Gadget. Not I wasn't thinking Rescue Rangers Gadget.
2: Because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know Rescue Rangers either. Like, unless you yeah. grew up in that time frame, why would you? But, I mean, now that would- that the, now that the movie's going to be out, right, that's a different story. Um, I mean, I tell people gummy bears, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I, I think from an underrepresented point too. Now that we've lost the Indiana Jones show, Indy is huge, right? And that's totally underrepresented at this point, at least yeah. in you know the world.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I, I would agree with that. It's interesting. I, you know, I think there's a lot of IPs that probably you know a lot of people love certain. There's there's certain fandoms for certain things of you know that people really really love and they think should be represented more, but you know. Disney obviously is only going to do certain things that they think are going to are, are popular and successful, right? So even if you love um what was that what was that movie that everybody loves uh, that but did like bombed at the box office. I'm trying to think. I mean, even like so like Emperor's New Groove, people love it. So there are people that love that movie, but you know, didn't do well <laughs> like <laughs> so Disney's not going to do anything with it. Or uh, what's what's the Treasure one? Why am I blanking on the name of treasure it? Treasure Planet. Is that what it is? I don't remember. There are people that love that movie too,
1: or Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. Atlantis, I mean those. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you're right. You know, there, there's definitely been a lot of movies that you know, yeah. You 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 see them and you feel like it should have that status, but never does. But you know, also I'll, I'll use Little Mermaid as an example too. You know what what you were saying, Damon, about you know rides having to hit or IP's having to hit that classic state. The Little Mermaid ride came out what twenty years after the show like
0: might be a longer than that <laughs> or yeah. I,
1: yeah. I think it might even be, I, I don't remember when little mermaid originally came out, but, but yeah, you know, they, they did the, uh, the ride and you know, it was way after the show came out. So, you know, I, I guess part of it too, is, you know, when we first see these shows and we were like, yeah, you know, you know, I want this to be in the park. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons why not. But then also, um, you know, even something like the emperor's new groove, I, um even though it bombed in the box office you can still find stuff relating to it every once in a while and it seems to kind of pop its head up every now and then yeah but um yeah it kind it kind of takes it you know either coming around a second time or you know hitting that um uh, I, I I don't want to call it cult status but it, it kind of is I guess it like it, it it has to hit that status of being you know, Something that, that so many people are talking about that Disney can't ignore it. Like, even even yeah. Little Mermaid. I, I, I really don't think that they had thought when they, you know, obviously did the show, you know, back then, they weren't thinking about, you know, how can we turn this into a ride? It was definitely, like, way later, somebody had the idea of, hey, you know, maybe we should make a ride about this show in the parks because, you know, there's so many... You know there's so many kids out there that you know even 20 30 years later are still talking about Ariel so
0: I kind of I, I like when they do original stuff though too and I feel like now they just have so much IP that it's almost like they can't just do original stuff anymore but you know it's but just, he, it's almost like a bad business decision at this point not to tie something to an IP because they've so much IP
1: but but here's the here's the question though it, you know if they've released a movie and it's their IP and they do a ride on it is it's is that still not original? No, like, see,
0: because I'm looking at it as, like, the things that are original to the park, like, that just so, exists. Okay, so, at the park. So, like, so the Jungle talking- Cruise or, you know, which, I mean, I guess the movie's coming up, But, uh, you know, but, but but it just it just didn't exist. I, I like the ones that were even, I mean, even Figment, even, like, Figment, right? That that didn't really exist outside of the park. I mean, it did, a, I guess it did at one point. I think there was a cartoon briefly. But, it you know, it was something that was original to the park and, and nowhere else. I I like that kind of stuff. I like when they have the original stories and it's not just tied to an IP. I mean, but at the same time, I also understand the need to tie things to an IP. Like I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not besmirching that idea. I think it's a good idea. It's a good business idea to tie all that stuff together. Right. Especially with Disney plus now, because it's like a cycle, right? The, you know, Disney plus can drive people to the parks or the parks could drive people back to Disney plus, (laughs) you know, like that's, they're, they're doing this all in uh, together and, and it makes a lot of sense, but you know, I, I also like when they come up with like original storylines and things like that.
1: So, so here's an interesting bit to think about. With that. Is I, I know what you're saying about you know I wish they would just do something originally unique to the park. But even like when those classic rides like Pirates and Haunted Mansion stuff were being built, uh, Disney had um, there was that show where they were talking about the development of Disneyland, right? So they were um, they were advertising these rides ahead of time, they were getting people, the, you know, they were building hype so that people, you know, if, if they just dumped them into the park and we're like, here's a ride. um, People don't know what to do with that. They, they like, I, I know at this yeah. point, you know, a lot of people will just show up at Disney and like, you know, you know, go, you know, anything new that they'll, they'll go and try. But, you know, I think there's still something in their business model that says, Hey, you know, we're not going to put something in the park unless, you know, we have a means of advertising it and not just like, you know, saying, Hey, you know, you know, at the front gate, you know, there's a new ride, go see it. You know, even back then, Disney was advertising the stuff ahead of time saying, you know, you know, even sleeping beauty's castle, same thing. You know, there was a movie tied to it before the park opened. And I think, you know, I know what you're saying, but I don't think you'll ever get away from, you know, you know, it makes the most sense to, you know, release a movie, see how people feel about it and then decide to go that next step versus the other way of you know spending a lot of money on a ride that you know doesn't work and then you know nobody rides it so
0: yeah no i i I don't disagree with that it makes sense
2: i don't think there'd ever be a ride at disney that nobody rides right Uh, (laughs) I, I, i mean and i feel like you could always do it the other way around right if they put a ride out they could always make a movie i think that they're pretty smart over there to make a movie about anything Right? Yeah, you're right. And at this point, they're already doing that, right? You know, they're, they're, they're I mean, and... there could be a very good Swiss Family Robinson movie. Like, new, oh, you don't right? like they the could, original? Do that. It's okay. <laughs> but like, they could do that, right? The original doesn't resonate with people that are going to the park now, I don't believe. So I don't know if one's in development, but I'm sure that there probably is somewhere, somehow. And I mean, they could always do that. I mean, there could be a Tiki Room movie, right? No one's stopping that. I didn't think they could. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They can make movies out of any of that. So, I mean, I really was struggling with how they were going to make a Jungle Cruise movie, but now that I've seen like the trailers, I'm like, all right, I see what they what they did here, and uh, you know, I, I'm interested. I'm, I'm definitely interested in watching it. So,
1: all right. Anyway, so, we, we we yeah we kind of went down a long rabbit hole there. Yeah, so see we this probably, is what happens every
0: time yeah. <laughs> I say that we don't have a lot to talk about, we end up talking about one topic for ten minutes, and yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we have talked about this before, but I think this is always a good topic to bring up. Uh, Jody said, "If the Star Wars Hotel does well, do we? Do you think we could see Disney do another all-inclusive themed hotel experience?
2: If so, what could it be?" No, I don't think so. I think just the management of that, and and the uh, no, I don't think so. I think that if this is it, this is it. This is what we're gonna get.
0: Well, I think the problem is you need like a crazy like rabid fan base to do something like this, and you have that with star wars and i the only other one I can think of that has a rabid fan base like that is Harry Potter and Disney obviously does not have that so <laughs> Star Wars I think is the only really i p you could do with, do this with yeah that I can I'm, think of anyway I mean I can't yeah and, of
1: and then the other problem too is um like you said, you know if, if you open up another hotel there's um there's a certain amount of backend resources that it takes to keep something like that functioning. And, um, I-, I guess the concern I could see is that if, if they started doing different experiences, it dilutes the whole thing overall. Sure. Sure. Right. So, yeah.
0: and I mean, I guess too, like, you also, you know, to go back to that. So, you know, okay, Avatar was at one point the highest-grossing movie of all time, right? There's a lot of reasons for that, whatever. But you don't have like people that are. Well, an Avatar hotel would maybe be cool. There's probably some cool stuff. Dude,
2: the land buy. is stupid. Why would I need a hotel? The land
0: is not stupid. it's the land is pretty
2: stupid. <laughs> but
0: i'm just saying there are people that love those movies Uh, and part of it is you have to continue you know appealing to the current generation which is part of why star wars works because they're going to keep producing star wars stuff right star wars stuff's going to keep coming out keep hooking in that new generation that watches the old movies and you know that kind of thing so star wars works for that i just don't know what other ip you can really use
1: at least within yeah. Disney. I mean, I, I guess technically, if if you're going to go down, you know, the road of hey, you know, long-standing IPs, they do own Marvel, and you know, yeah. Last we checked, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And
2: the Marvel now that would be cool. The Marvel universe could turn into something like this. Dude, you know, give me, uh, give me yeah. the, give me the shield airship as yeah. the hotel.
0: Okay, mm, yeah. that might be kind of cool. You know what? That's fair. I hadn't really thought about Marvel, uh, but yeah. I, well,
2: and think know. about it. You know, it, it's a shame that they couldn't do it in California. Yeah, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Imagine if it, if you if you could make it like a real airship, like they could do it, so it's like in the air, even though it's not flying all the time, kind of like they did with the Avatar, you know, stupid uh, mountains. So like something like that, where like you take an elevator up to it, and it's kind of in the air. That would be kind of cool.
0: You know, you gave me a hard time about complaining about uh, Doctor Pepper Zero. You're saying, "What about the people that made that?" Uh, what What about you besmirching all the uh, the the work Marvel? that took place on on those floating mountains and all? I mean, it took them years of work to do that. What about all the people that designed those, Damon? <laughs> yeah,
2: they they did a terrible job. No, I I just don't I don't like it. I think that the I think Avatar is pretty stupid in general. Sorry, James Cameron. Sorry, James Cameron. Well, and they are going to have a bunch
0: more of those movies coming out. But to your point, I almost feel like you could do more with Marvel than with them with Star Wars yeah. even, because there's so many characters and there's so many different things going on. There's so many interesting things they could do with that,
1: you know? The, the, the challenging thing with Marvel is that it, it's been around longer than Star Wars, because, you know, both of them were absorbed into Disney over time. But, you know, Marvel is a much older institution than Star Wars, but the challenge lies in that over time stories have been rewritten, characters have been redone. And I know we're getting Disney's new take on it with the, you know, the current Marvel cinematic universe. Um, But I guess from an interactivity standpoint, you know, people will go in and and I'm sure this already happens now is, you know, you know, people will look at a certain character and they'll go off of something that they remembered from, you know, a pre like, you know, Spider-Man, you know, well, you know, you know, he said this to this person or whatever. And, you know, if you're talking about an immersive
2: experience, um people Alternate universe and you're done, that's all yeah. you have to do there.
1: Yeah. But, but you know, it's getting, getting everybody involved in it to keep the continuity. Like it's, it becomes a dangerous thing when you're when you're talking
2: about yeah multi multiple universes
1: and yeah it's I
2: I can I mean see I don't where, know how it's any different yeah. though than seeing characters in Star Wars I mean it's not like they're not going to have some big boy characters at that hotel they will
1: yeah I just feel that with Star Wars they've better I shouldn't say they've better well, controlled it they've done a better job of keeping all the the weird sideline stuff out of the spotlight I guess is but, the big
2: thing. Yeah, I just think that makes it easier, though, because then again, you can you can what if it you can alternate universe. I mean, you're going to already be people are going to understand what what if is, even if they never read the comics, which are some of my favorite Marvel comics, to be honest with you. But they're going to know what, you know, WandaVision has opened that all up. So I don't know. I yeah. think it actually becomes a little bit easier because you just go pocket universe done.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I I guess they, they can't explain themselves out of any bag at this point, can't they?
2: yeah but <laughs> but you know if all of a sudden darth vader shows up everyone's gonna be like what the heck like i thought he was dead like i don't understand
0: yeah i, I marvel i feel like such a good a, Such. A, I, I don't know why i didn't think of marvel
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's weird like like i said now that we're talking about it, if you think about it everyone goes oh you know why are they doing marvel marvel's been around longer than star wars like it's quite a bit
0: longer (laughs) it's it's
1: up there with you know marvel and dc are like the two titans in terms of you know comics and superhero characters and all that kind of stuff so you know I, i don't know how like if yeah if you opened up that kind of experience i think it would get the same kind of pull as star wars Cause again, there's
0: like so many things you can do with it, right? Like yeah. you do all the suit, you could do a lot of the similar things you're doing with the Star Wars hotel, right? Cause you could do like superhero training and like, you know, I, I feel like the, although the Marvel one feels to me like it would almost be geared more towards kids than the Star Wars one. No,
2: see, I would no. say that you're talking the opposite. You see, think and so? I think that's, yeah, and that's where the problem would be with the Marvel one is that, you know, who are you really catering to? Like have you seen the, the, what, what is, I just happened to turn it on because I was going through uh watching a lot of animation on Hulu. What is it? The Modoc one? Oh, yeah. Which I is, haven't
0: watched it yet, but it looks funny. Yeah.
2: I mean, again, like, I'm kind of out, right? I'm in on Marvel from when I was growing up, and then it kind of got too crazy, and I just saw I was out. But, like, even watching that, I mean, they're catering towards adults, Marvel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, with mean, that show especially, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, even with the other stuff, you know, like that's on television. A lot of it is catered towards adults where I feel like star Wars has gone the opposite way and started catering towards kids, at least a little bit more. I don't know.
0: Mm. I don't know. Yeah. All
1: right. Why why, we, yeah. Why don't we leave it there? Cause it's, uh, yeah, we, we could probably talk about that for another hour. <laughs> Gosh, um,
0: I always think we're going to go short and then we go long. Uh, <laughs> So our our new friend Kurt from uh on WW asked a question. He he said Tom did a great job spoiling his wife on his last trip. Describe a great day at Disney World, including resort, park, food, and activities for just you and your wife.
1: Hmm. Okay. I just kind
0: of did mine. So yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Just me and my wife. So so that's uh, that's a really hard thing to think about right now because you know my wife and I. We, we, we have no desire to go there without our son at this point. Like, like we're in that mode where it's like, it has to be family or nothing. So, um, yeah, I guess if it was just us, I mean, I I would say, you know, I I would probably do a lot of the same things that I do now with my son. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the core of my Disney trip. Like we, we would still do fireworks shows. We would still do, um, you know, obviously stay at the same hotel. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's any different than, than what I'm doing now.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we did, we, we did like a nice dinner and all that kind of stuff, stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do with my daughter. Like we wouldn't take her to a really nice restaurant like that. <laughs> um, but you know, I, 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 like I said, I think I just kind of did mine. So, <laughs> um, so, do we want to just move on to Rob's question then?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Rob didn't
0: ask this in the official question by the thing group uh, thing uh, in the group. I just pulled this out of the group—a question he asked everybody because I thought it was a good question.
1: Okay. Uh, do you want here? I'll yeah, I'll read go, this ahead. One. yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Yeah. And read okay. it. yeah read it. Uh, so, so Rob says uh, we have a, a, tri- a trip coming up in July. This is our first time going in the middle of summer and our first time without strollers. We're considering bringing a stroller just to hold our stuff, but like the idea of not having to worry about picking it up. How do you all make the transition as your kids get older? We still want to bring water at least since it's hot just a backpack or two uh um, don't buy anything until the end of the day or send it back to the resort or the front of the park like he's he's asking for you know how how do you manage you know going around the parks and you know you obviously you're not just gonna be with what you have with you you're gonna you know kids want to buy stuff um. And then, yeah, you know, you want to carry, you know, the usual stuff, water, um, ponchos, stuff like that. Um, for us, um, the way that we did it and um, I, I purposely chose not to take my son to Dis- – we started with Disneyland and we didn't take him until we knew he was old enough to be out of a stroller for a day. So, he it wasn't until he was about four years old that we took him on his first trip and um, Honestly, I think for that first trip, I kind of wish that I did take a stroller because I ended up carrying him a lot of the time, Uh, um, which wasn't a bad thing. It it just, you know, would it would have been easier with the stroller. As far as um, as far as you know, how do you manage stuff? Um, Yeah, in, in my family, the way that we did it for the longest time was we had we had the the central backpack that my wife and I handed off to each other throughout the day, so it meant that we weren't one or the other wasn't killing our backs and we had we had a couple of water bottles in there Um, as my son's gotten older we've transitioned to we've all taken we all take small day packs now so so this is something to think about is that you know for a little while you'll probably want to have a larger backpack for sure and you know obviously you're not going to have your kid carrying their own backpack but in a couple of years you may want to get them used to the idea of them carrying their own bag because then that means you know one they can carry their own own water and stuff like that um the other part about you know how do you manage um buying stuff um that there there's two things that you can do there so yeah um one if you're staying at a resort it's definitely easy um as long as it's not your last day you can have stuff sent back to the room because it takes them about a day to get things um uh taken back there so we've done that where yeah you know like my son's found something that he really wants in uh Uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. And so we bought it and sent it back to the room and then, you know, picked it up uh, from, you actually end up having to go down to the, the, to the, um, to the front desk and pick it up later. Um, The other thing that I would recommend is, you know, set some, uh, I I established some guidelines with my son very young that um, we would always leave our shopping day until the end of the trip. So um, like I said, obviously stuff does come up that you, you know, you feel like you have to buy in the moment, but I think it's also good to, you know, explain to your, your, your kids, Hey, you know, you'll see stuff as you're going through these, these shops and whatever. Um, part of it is, is that, you know, one, it stops them from, you know, wanting to buy every single thing. And two, um, the things that they really care about, if they, if they really want them and you say, you know, at at the end of our trip, we will do all of our shopping for souvenirs. That will make them stick in their head the stuff that they actually care about and not buy a bunch of, um, you know, things that you know in the moment were cool, but then they never touch again, right? So, um, so I kind of like, or, or that's the kind of the way that we plan our trips is, um, yeah, you know, you know, it's one you know, keeping small, you know, keeping small bags and getting used to the idea of everyone carrying their own bags, but then also, you know, everyone agreeing that we're not going to do our shopping until, you know, second last or last day of the trip. And then that way people actually buy stuff that that they really want, because again, it also gives you a chance to think about it, you know, over the trip, you know, did I really want that lightsaber or was it just like in the moment I was all hyped up about Star Wars? Right.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, For me, I guess I just, you know, I, I haven't abandoned the stroller yet, but it was nice on my last trip to not have one. It is, you know, because it is a pain. But I understand the idea of like holding stuff in there and, you know, having... It is nice for that. But like you said, we have the central backpack too, right? We, we've got the same thing. And I think that's what a lot of people do. But I, I think this question is almost more for you guys just because you guys have transitioned away from this already and I'm not. So
2: I, I don't know. I did an umbrella stroller for a while and made it easy. I, you know, getting stuff, I don't really worry about. You know, it's, we don't bring a lot of stuff with us. You know, if we're going to buy something, we usually buy it right before we leave. So I don't really necessarily worry about that. I, I think you should take a stroller for as long as you can i mean you know because it makes makes it easier it makes it more enjoyable for the kids if they have the opportunity to rest so
1: yeah especially in the hot sun (laughs) like i said that that was my big mistake on our first trip was um we took him without a stroller and we realized by the end of the second day that he was you know he was really tired and so the rest of the trip was you know um i was either you know i was that you know, parent carrying my kid on her sh- on the shoulders down Main Street, or I was just you know had him in my arms walking around. Which you know, by the end of the trip, my my arms were sore than they should have been, and I would have saved myself that if uh, if I had brought a stroller. So
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go ahead and do our ad, and then we'll do the rest of the show. How's All that right. sound? That sounds good. <laughs> All right. So this week we have an ad for DVC Rental Store. We uh, just saw some nice feedback in the group about DVC Rental stores. so thanks for posting that in the group. Uh, The DVC Rental Store, a world of DVC company, offers magical vacations at incredible value. Save up to 60% off retail rates at premium Disney resorts, DVC Rental Store now includes deposits as low as 25% at the time of booking and a built-in cancellation policy for every reservation. And as always, DVC Rental Store pays out the most to members looking to rent their points. Want to learn more? Go to DVCrentalStore.com or call 1-855-DVC-RENT. That's 1-855-382-7368. And of course, let them know the Welcome Home sent you once you call them. All right. Let's go to the next thing.
1: Yeah. So, so this um, this DVC news. This is just a rumor at this point, right? The yeah, this uh, is just
0: a rumor, but we'll find out in a couple of days if it's true or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so the rumor is on Tuesday, June third. So a day after this. Or oh, sorry, I I can't read today. Um, Thursday, June third. So a couple of days after this podcast comes out, uh, that they're going to up the minimum uh, direct purchase to 150 points. So, over the last couple of years they've stepped up from they went from 50 75 uh, 100 and the last one was 125 and the the speculation is is that they're going to go up to 150 points which um, for direct perks that's becoming quite steep I think I mean
0: with not many very many perks available at the moment <laughs> yeah and and
1: yeah. and yeah further to that is you know that what some of the perks of of direct membership are being able to buy annual passes and Moonlight Magic, which neither of those are being offered right now. So I, I, I mean, don't
0: expect that to be temporary though. Right. I mean, I, I, yeah. I assume that those things are all going to come back at some point, you know, I, and so I, I, I Looking at it now, it feels like there's not very many perks, but I mean there are things
1: that can come back for sure. But Well well, true. The the promise of maybe getting something sure. I don't think is a good selling point. <laughs> well, you know, true. I, I mean, but I,
0: I don't expect Moonlight Magic to not come back. Like I assume that yeah. will be back and I assume that, you know, the annual passes once those are available for sale again, I, I assume that Disney D V C members will continue to get that. Uh, you know, get the discount there. So I, I, it's just, you know, temporarily not, not good. But I, I also look, view this through the lens of them getting ready to sell more Grand Floridian too, right? They're gonna, uh, part of it is Grand Floridian coming online. I saw another article too that they actually took down the pricing for Grand Floridian from the website. So maybe yeah, but, they're getting ready to do that.
1: But, but I guess the thing is, is that if, um, like, like, this goes back to what I was saying about, you know, did, for 150 points, these perks, like, like if I was buying a 50-point contract and they said, you know, here are the perks for it, you know, yeah, that's definitely, you know, getting access to these events, getting annual passes, that makes sense. At 150 points, though, I, I feel like the, you know, was somebody new coming into it, I, I don't see how they
2: would see the value in that necessarily like it's because there's definitely, uh, you know, if you don't, if you have resale, you don't have the original right there. Forget about the perks for a second. There's an ease of use and an ease of purchase that can supersede anything else. And it's why I do it, because I don't – honestly, I don't want to wait on write of first refusal. I don't want to think about any of that stuff. It's a pain. I don't want to have to worry about going to a secondary company if I want to take a loan. I don't want to do any of that. So while the perks are definitely you know a benefit, I would have done direct anyway because I want it to be easy for me. Like, that process needs to be easy, and, and no one makes it as easy as Disney does.
1: No, that's a fair point, I, I guess – and, and I guess the thing is, is that there, there is... And I want nothing. the lounge.
2: Yeah. I want the lounge forever. Yeah. Well, yeah. But but again, I feel that, like they can't take
0: perk. that away at this point. Like, people would be mad if you took that away. Like, really mad.
2: It would probably be the only thing that would make me mad would be that.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Trevor.
2: Yeah. But but I guess, you know, that, that's also...
1: You know, they're, they're saying that that's the minimum to get the perks. There's nothing saying that somebody couldn't buy Direct and not have to... You know spend 150 points although
2: yeah i don't know i just i know there's, like- there's a minimum first purchase is there yeah you can't just roll in and buy 25 points as your first purchase i don't believe
0: well no, that's the this is the this would be the the fifth the, this is the minimum right so this is the direct minimum is 150 points well, no, yeah this-
2: so that's your first purchase minimum regardless
0: yeah, now you can do add ons after that that I think of course. don't have to be 150, but oh. the minimum direct purchase is 150.
2: Yep. So, oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, be part of the club or don't. That's what they're telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's much. true. I guess, yeah, the, again, this is their way of
1: saying, you know, they don't want to have too many people in the club because it,
0: it does feel like this would yeah. drive more people to resale, right? I mean, this, uh, I, which is weird to me that they would want to do that, especially with DVC not. Selling great the past year, uh, you know, as far as direct goes, I, the resale market is hot as can be, but the direct market has been kind of eh, you know, like it's been whatever. And so you it's odd to me that they're making this kind of move when, you know, I feel like it will be less sales, not more sales. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking with it too is, you know, they, they don't really have, you, you know, I, I know you're, you're right, Damon, that the, the perks are, shouldn't be the only reason to buy, but, You know, with the way things are right now, Disney's not doing themselves any favor by upping the direct minimum. Because I
2: don't think it makes a difference, man. Mm. I just don't. Either you're buying at Disney or you're not. I don't think that number makes a huge difference. And the people, like, you know, you guys were saying, I mean, some people don't even know about resale. I don't know, man. The, The ease of use is worth that extra money to me. Even in calling in and... Again, right? Doing everything online. Like I know people complain sometimes about resale and the fact that sometimes you have to call in for certain stuff, right? Especially if you have multiple contracts, like there's none of that nonsense going on and you buy direct. Like it's just, it's easy. It's just easy. I like easy. My time is worth something. (laughs)
0: Uh no, I I I know what you're saying. I in, to your point like when a lot of people walk in and they, you know, the first time they take that meeting, they don't know anything about the minimum and I, and, and I'm sure the the advisor's not going to go like, you know, make a big deal of it. <laughs> it was it was
1: 125 last week, but I'm going to sell exactly. it to you for 150 now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, they're just going to go, "Oh, we'll get you set up with this contract at uh, Grand Floridian for 150 points." You know, like and they give them the numbers like there's no Discussion of that, so like you would hope people would come into that educated, but you know most people don't, right? Most people don't know about DVC until you go and do the meeting and and talk about talk about it more there. So I, I you're probably right about that, Damon. It's like if people are going to buy, they're going to buy, right? It's, it, it doesn't matter what the minimum is. Um, it's it's more about the the people that are already in it that you know know about more details about DVC already, and of course this is not going to affect, uh, well as far as we know. Uh, that current blue card holders are, are going to be grandfathered in. So I, I think that's going to continue. I, I don't think that that would change, but you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it could, but you know, I don't think it would, but yeah, it's, it's just an interesting move by them. I, and, and maybe it's part, you know, maybe it's partly because of what Derek was saying too about grand Flaherty and about how they, they couldn't, there was nothing that Disney could do to slow down those being sold. They were selling so fast that it was, right. they kept raising the price and it was selling like crazy. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe Disney sees that too. And, is, is going that way? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, if they, if they know that they're gonna have a big uh, push on ground flirting coming up here, they could be. Yeah, it could be a little bit of you know controlling it so that it doesn't sell out immediately, but also knowing darn well that people will buy what they'll buy. <laughs> Well, and because, like, we're not all that far off
0: from them reselling Grand Floridian again. I'm like, it's yeah. going to be fairly soon, you know, like it's it's they're they're doing this refer pretty quickly. It's it's happening. It's going to be done by next summer. I mean, they're going to be selling that before you know it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see if this actually comes true. Again, just keep in mind people that this is a rumor. It's nothing is confirmed yet, but the speculation is is that as of Thursday you'll see the increase. So, um we'll be able to verify that in a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I guess, you know, to that end is, you know, I I went through this when they when they changed the uh the rules around um uh Riviera that, you know, we bought our contract just before they changed that you you couldn't use a resale to stay at the newer resorts. So, you know, I think that that could be part of it too, is that, you know, anybody who's on the fence right now, if they see that a a price increase is coming, you know, it may prompt some, uh, some quick sales as well. Right.
0: That's true. That's also true. Yeah. All right. So Disney has uh, put out a new patent uh, about virtual queues with the intent to replace standby lines altogether, it seems. So I, I, I do. I, I think this is interesting. Like, i reading through the patent. Doesn't really give me a lot of view into what this actually does, right? But, uh, but it's it's an interesting thought about you know actually replacing queues completely and and doing it in a way that would well, work. I just don't. I mean, I don't know if I want that. Go?
2: Where yep. does everyone go? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, that's where I think the problem is. Listen, I am not adverse to waiting online. Right. I think actually we've had some pretty fun times in line. Do I want to wait in line for everything? No, but waiting in line is not the end all be all right. It's it, you know, again, you get a little family time. You get to play some heads up who doesn't play heads up in line. And, you know, maybe you talk to some people prior to COVID that are in line with you. If they do this everywhere, everyone's just going to be walking around the park all day.
0: Well, that's what we talked about that before. Like it's lines terrible. are people eaters, right? They, you know, they hold a lot, a lot of people. So the parks feel busier right now because people are not in the lines. They're just out on, out on the, out on the roadways, out on the streets, you know, <laughs> like waiting yeah. for the ride. So, so.
2: I, I don't, I, I like the idea and the thought, and then I don't like it both at the same time. I think that's the problem. I don't know if that's the, the way to be, and, unless you do something else, unless you make something else happen that where these people are going. So you, you bring up a good point that, you know, um, lines are people
1: eaters, but what if you don't need those spaces anymore? What else could you do with those spaces? Because, you know, a, a lot of cues, like, like Peter Pan had, you know, that whole, um, walkway back behind. Stuff. Well, yeah. well, not just the interactive stuff, but there, there's that, like, back behind Peter Pan, that whole area, like, as you're walking down past or towards, um, Haunted Mansion, that's all cue there. Like, like that, that whole walkway could be expanded. You, you could take all of that space that was formerly used for, for lines.
2: And you could well, repurpose it, right? It, but, but you know what the thing about lines is? It's about immersion at the end of the day. Without lines, where's the immersion? I think what yeah. I'd like, what I'd like a little bit better would be is that there's some sort of virtual queue that allows them to mitigate four hour lines, right? So what you're doing is you're saying, okay, there's a virtual queue and the line may still be an hour, but that's all you're going to get. And maybe that helps mitigate, because at the end of the day, those people that wait on eight hour lines, like you're not taking that many people away from the park because they're they're sitting in one space and that's just one line, right? I think that maybe if you mitigate it so that you allow me to only have to wait for an hour when I go rather than, you know, and again, maybe sometimes where it's not as high that that goes down to 20 minutes. But if they cap the max of waiting by a virtual queue, then I can kind of get on board.
1: Yeah, and and maybe that's, that's maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe that's more what this is approaching is, you know, I remember when, when Avatar opened up, we, we, the, the, uh, the queue for it was ridiculous. Like, you know, the people lined up all the way outside of, uh, into Africa from, from where Flight of Passage was. Um, if they can avoid that, that would definitely go a long way towards, um, you know, perception of being, too busy in the park, right? Like, like I know what you're saying, Damon is yeah, you know, sometimes getting in line and just, you know, chilling out in the line, so to speak, you know, it gives you a bit of a break as well because you're not running here and there and you're not, you're not on a ride or, or feeling like, you know, you have to get to the next ride. Um, you know, yeah, if, if, if they could control that to a point where the, you know, the ride never exceeds a certain amount of time. That would def and, and maybe what it is, is that, you know, once the ride hits a certain point, maybe they, you know, they have something there where, you know, it's like, hey, scan this QR code and we'll get you in line. But, you know, you'll come back an hour later or whatever. Right. Like maybe that, it's
0: that's a good point. Like yeah. it's not all the time. It's only at certain times.
1: Yeah. Like, like once the once a ride passes a certain threshold, then then it becomes a virtual queue. Right. that's interesting.
0: I like that idea. Yeah. Well, and, and at the same time, even if you have the virtual queue, right, and and you you learn this when you go on Rise of the Resistance, like even with the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance, you're still in line for like a little while. Like once they call you, we were still in line for like fifteen minutes and having to walk through the whole standby area. So like we still were in line, just we weren't in line for four hours. We were in line for fifteen twenty minutes instead of you know the the whole long thing. So. It, yeah, I, I think that's, that's an interesting thought. I, I don't think that this is something they're going to use for everything. I think it's, it's more of something they would use for, you know, like you said, for some of the more popular rides, for some of the rides that get the really long, uh, lines, um, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. And, it's interesting.
1: And, and yeah, I think there does have to be a bit of a balance there. Like honestly, like, like to your point, Damon, I, I don't mind being in line for like Space Mountain because Space Mountain's queue is interesting. Like there's, I know they've taken out the the game that was in the middle of it, but you know even outside of that, you know there's stuff to look at. It's it's got an atmosphere and an environment to it. It's not, um, I'll I'll use there's a vast difference between standing in line for Space Mountain and then when you go to Disneyland and you stand in line for Peter Pan, that is the worst queue ever. And for anyone who's been to Disneyland, knows what I'm talking about. Is that that queue was designed back in the in the 50s. And it, everything is very narrow. You're packed in. It's outside. So that, so there's nothing to do. Like, like it, it's not like the one in Disney World where the, or actually, sorry, I think they have added the interactive stuff since like, we were there last. Like they, they kind of built something off to the side for it. But, but you know, I remember being there and it was just like, oh God, you know, I could, I could do without standing in this line for, you know, 45 minutes plus, uh, because there's nothing to the line. If, uh, if they found that balance between, yeah you know being able to go and you know the the queue being part of that interactive experience leading up to the ride and that still takes you know 30 minutes or an hour but you know you're not having to wait in line for another hour on top of that just to get to that point you know the the this system definitely looks like it could it could help address that and then um like i said i i think it also does lend itself to you know them rethinking some of these uh some of these rides and how they have, have done the queues because, um, you know, again, Peter Pan, uh, just because it's, it's an easy example is, you know, that this there's a section of it that is interactive and immersive, but then, um, there's that whole overflow section, which is just, you know, if there's too many people, you're basically just stuck in a back corner, going through a bunch of switchbacks to, to get to the rest of the queue. Right. So if they don't need those spaces as much because virtual queue is managing it um, to me, that implies that um, you know, there there's actually a lot more space in the parks that could be utilized for other things. Like, like, like not just necessarily widening a a walkway or whatever, but you know, they could, you know, they could fit in smaller interactive areas or something like that where these queues were. Right.
0: Yeah. No, it's, 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 interesting, interesting thought there. I mean, maybe I'm also just like looking at this, like, okay, so what does this mean for Fastpass, right? Like, does it mean Fastpass won't exist anymore? Will it exist in tandem with this? I mean, cause really, if you think about it, Fastpass is in a way just a virtual queue, right? You're, they're, they're, they're timing everybody out for a certain amount of time. They're saying, you know, this window, this window, this many people in this window, this many people in this window. It's not all that different than a virtual queue. So I, I do wonder how, how that affects Fastpass, but, um, you know, we don't really know what Fastpass is going gonna, gonna to look like when it comes back or if it does come back. So
1: I, I would actually like it if they took away the 60 day fast passes, uh, because of something like this. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, you're right. Is, you know, it, it really is facilitating that, but because it turns into a, a game of, you know, if you're, it's the same problem with rise of the resistance, right? Is, you know, if you're not there, you know, right at the start, you miss out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, I, I guess maybe the, the thinking is, you know, if, if everything's a fast pass, then, you know, nobody fast pass has... that's even necessary. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody needs to complain about not having fast passes, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and virtual queues are one of those things, and, you know, this kind of leads into the next topic where uh, the Disney CEO Bob Chapek was talking about the park pass system and the virtual queues and saying that they're here to stay. And, you know, virtual queues are... It's interesting because some people absolutely hate the whole Rise of the Resistance thing and other people really like it. I found it to be a fine experience, maybe because I got a reservation and it, was, it wasn't it was that difficult to do. Uh, maybe I would be more frustrated with it if I had not gotten it. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it is it is interesting that people are very split on that. You know, where some people really hate the idea of a virtual queue and some people really like it.
1: I And I, I think what we're seeing with that is, you know, obviously it's an evolution of, of park management and queue management and everything. And um, yeah, I, I can see where people would be split on it because not everybody is, is necessarily, it's not a matter of being, I guess, technology savvy, but a matter of, you know, wanting to do it. Right. Like, like yeah. some people don't want to, You know, their idea is, you know, I just want to go and get on the ride. Like, why do I have to, why do I have to pull out my phone? Why do I have to do this? I just want to get on the ride. But then, yeah, the problem with that is that enough people with that thinking is why we had four hour lines. So, because, yeah, it's, you know, people don't, they didn't want to think about, you know, hey, I could come back later. I could do this, you know, at this time they were just, nope, I want to get on this ride right now. I'll stand in line for four hours for it. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be – it's going to take a little bit of time for people to adjust to it, and you're always going to have people that, you know, don't like it. But I also think, you know, Disney's probably learned a lot in the last year that, you know, obviously with with these patents coming out and, and them continuing to use the system, I'm sure that they realized that, you know, hey, the, you know, the level of control that they have over being able to – limit the park experience means a better park experience for everyone overall. The, the, um, the trade-off is, is yeah, you, you know, you know, there was always the complaint, Hey, the park is too busy. There's too many, you know, there was too many people around me. I didn't like how crowded it was. Right. Disney obviously understands that they can, they can limit this by, you know, using the park pass system. They can control, you know, how many people come into the park and but like I said, the side effect of that is that you're going to get people that get turned away at the gate and they're always going to be mad because they're going to go, hey, you know, I, you know, you know, I thought that I would be able to just walk in and do this and you're telling me that I can't. So, um well, and from from a business
0: standpoint for them, they've said in the past, too, that. When the crowds are less, guests are happier and guests spend more money. <laughs> so they, they want people to feel like at least that it's less busy and they're not waiting for everything forever, right? Like that's, that's such a big barrier for people to come is, and I've heard that from people like, you know, just people like friends and people I've talked to is like, Oh gosh, we went there one time and we waited in line forever for everything. And it's, we're not doing that again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the kind of thing that they, they don't want to hear. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely, I, I feel that they've discovered there is a sweet spot between, yeah, you know, amount of money spent versus time spent on doing different things, right? Like, you know, yeah, when it, you know, when it's really quiet, you know, people aren't necessarily doing much of anything or spending money on anything because, you know, when it, when it's too quiet, actually you, you end up in a, in a case where, you know, people will go and hit all the rides and whatever and go, okay, you know, well, I've done everything I wanted to do by. Right. And then they don't don't
0: hang around and make, you know, stupid purchases and
1: (laughs) yeah. Versus, yeah, that, that kind of in between where it's like, Hey, you know, I've spent, you know, a couple of days here or whatever. Oh, you know, I'm going to buy this thing because, you know, I've got time to stop and think about it. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Disney wants you to impulse buy things, but in, in in this in this speech that he was doing, he was talking about the park pass system and the virtual queues and that they're here to stay. I'm not surprised about the virtual queues. I, I didn't think that that was going to go anywhere anytime soon. And in fact, I thought it was going to get more widespread. You know, like and yeah. and that this patent kind of feeds into that, right?
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to apply it to the old rides. I guess will be the big thing because you know, Rise yeah. of the Resistance was. You know, it was built and they already had this in mind. It was clear that that there was already this intent there as they were building it. But retrofitting it to older attractions is going to be interesting, I think.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I also I still don't believe that the park pass system is going to go on forever. I just I just don't believe that. So I, and I, I also kind of read what he said, and I don't feel like he really said that it was going to go on forever, but, you know, the blogs take it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I feel it's going to be, the, you know, you know, just like everything, you know, it, you know, people will say, Oh, that's going to be this way forever. Well, you know, there there was stuff that was happening back in the nineties uh, and early two thousands that I don't even remember. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think like when we went, when we went in 2003 there was, um, like with, with park tickets and stuff, they, they had a bunch of different options than they do now, right? Like it, like the point is, is it's like, yeah. you, you can't, yeah, you can't say that, you know, this is the way it's going to be forever. You know, obviously for the foreseeable future, they're going to control it, but yeah, I, I feel it's going to get to a point and, and, and what it may be and what, and I guess what people aren't necessarily extrapolating from what Bob Chapek said is that they may implement the park pass system for busier times so so it may turn exactly. into a yeah. a flowing thing where you know over spring break or over summer and christmas and stuff like that they'll use the park pass system because they know darn well like like christmas is notorious for the park's hitting capacity yeah and if they can head that off if they can you know you know level set people on the on the the concept that you know hey you know you know you're not going to get in here unless you you have a reservation um i think that'll go a long way towards you know what you were saying about the overall park experience and and yeah, yeah. and people just not being mad because you know you know i mean i i couldn't imagine doing this but, you know hey showing up on like new year's day or new year's eve rather at like 4 p.m and being like yeah you know we're gonna walk in the door and then you know, getting turned away, right? Like
0: exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 mean, I think they view it as a way to to better manage the parks, and I, I think that's why they why they want to continue doing it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> even once they're at a hundred percent capacity, maybe they'll, you know, that'll continue. I, I don't know. I just don't believe anything is nothing set in stone, right? Things change all the time. I mean, and there were a lot of people that thought Disney was gonna do masks and social distancing forever. And that went away in like a week. So <laughs> everything came, kind of, kind of disappeared very quickly
1: there. So yeah, it, it'll be a thing until it's no longer a thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: All so right. the last thing I had on here was just this cool wonders of life poster, which is probably already sold out by the time we're talking about it now.
1: <laughs> uh, let me, sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love these posters, but once again, um getting the stuff off of Shop Disney is such a pain in the butt for me.
0: For you it's <laughs> like, tough. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's for you it's tough. Yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah, no, I I like it though. I like the uh you know the though again, you know, that they're definitely embracing the whole retro feel with the with the new Epcot logos and, and everything. Like they're kind of going back to original Epcot, I guess, instead of yeah. What what I guess what nostalgic have, Epcot yeah what we have now I guess would be called nineties Epcot right yeah yeah so so yeah we're getting away from nineties Epcot and going back to yeah like a a more classic Epcot and this poster definitely reflects that so.
0: Yeah. And, and truthfully, by the time that this podcast comes out, actually, this is the, the last day to buy it is May 31st. So, which is so, the day that this episode comes out. So if you want one, go buy it. It's actually not sold out yet. I just pulled it up. Yeah. So uh, but,
1: ho- hopefully it's not by Monday, but we make no guarantees. <laughs> yeah. But
0: <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I do like it. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. cool retro. I like that it has the dome on it. I, Wonders of Life is one of those few things that like, I remember from a, being a kid. Like I, like I distinctly remember being in that pavilion. Uh, you know, for being a young kid. And so it's, it's interesting and it's got, you know, the body Wars vehicle on it. It's got Buzzy on it. It's got the cool DNA structure thing. Um, so there's some, there's some cool stuff within this.
1: Unfortunately, I have no frame of reference for any of those things because I never got to go to Epcot as a oh, child. Oh, really? So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I, no. It's fine. You know. I. You, don't, you have no for, nostalgia for those at all. No, but but it's like I said, it's still cool, and I still I understand where the feeling is with that. And yeah, obviously for you, it you know it it definitely resonates. For me, you know, it'd be like if they uh, if they released a Disneyland People Mover poster like that would be my hype is you know i remember riding the people mover in disneyland which doesn't exist anymore and it's the same kind of thing right like you know just that nostalgia for uh for these old attractions and and pavilions and stuff
0: yeah i i agree i I like the old epcot stuff i've talked about that on here before i like the old school epcot stuff so all right well let's let's wrap this thing up look at that we were actually fairly uh fairly shorter than usual today this week so i just yeah
1: Quiet weeks aren't bad, you know. I, I think, obviously, with summer coming, uh, Disney is, uh, you know, they're they're ramping up for summer, and you're probably going to hear a lot more coming into the fiftieth here. Yeah in the next couple of months i'm sure you'll, there'll be a lot of announcements for us to talk about
0: <laughs> and we didn't talk about the commercial that they put out for the 50th because it's the first commercial they it's, put out. They didn't really really reveal anything It's yeah, just it's, you know
1: it's purely yeah. a teaser there's there's nothing there to really talk about I,
0: exactly so i i think there's going to be a lot more announcements coming so
1: exactly and we'll talk about
0: those things when they get announced
1: of course so yeah i guess let's uh you know to wrap it up uh as usual, if you guys want to email us, you can always find us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, some of our listeners, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, sent us some great emails. And, and you know, we love we love reading your emails and obviously they sometimes get on the show. So uh, so make sure you guys reach out to us if you have any comments, questions or just want to share a trip experience or something that you're doing. Uh, outside of that if you want to follow us on facebook you can follow us as welcome home podcast and there's also the welcome home disney waitlist facebook group which is is our group it's full of lots of great people with uh you know we, we've got some good members there with good insight into disney and it's also fun and respectful so make sure you guys uh um, come and check that out because, you know, I've, I've said this before, you know, there's lots of Disney groups out there, but ours might be one of the best. So uh, I'll leave that up to you to decide if you want to, uh,
0: come and check. (laughs) I like it. I enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And as usual, we, we have a YouTube channel, which is called welcome home podcast, as well as an Instagram, which is welcome home picks. Uh, those, uh, make sure you follow those because those are the platforms that we do try to use when we do, uh, uh, trips. So, you know, Tom used Instagram for his last, uh, trip. And, you know, as we get back to going more regularly, we'll, we'll try to make sure that there's more content on those areas for you guys to check out. Last but not least is, uh, the store, which is store.welcomehomepodcast.com. You can find, uh, mugs and t-shirts and stuff on there of our logo. Uh, as Damon posted in the group, for anyone wondering, we, we do have uh, that new t-shirt coming, but we're trying to just figure out some stuff on the back end with yeah. um, vendors with, with a vendor. Yeah. So um, stay tuned for that. If you want a Haunted River Country uh, shirt, it's it's looking really cool, guys. I you know, I, I hope that, yeah. you know, everyone listening is as excited as we are about it. Um, so stay tuned for that. And last but not least, if uh, you guys are listening on iTunes uh, or actually any other service where you can leave a review, please do. Uh, We do see those reviews and uh, we, you know, we obviously comment on them from time to time. We, we, we prefer the five star reviews, you know, obviously some people don't like certain aspects of the show, but, uh, and that's entirely your choice. But the only thing we ask is, you know, constructive feedback is the best thing for us.
0: Yeah, and uh, of course, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any place you can find podcasts, you can find us. Just uh, search for Welcome Home, look for the one that says DVC and Disney, we should be there. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such... All the opinions we express on the show are our own, so please consult a DVC representative or a Disney cast member for any information, uh, any more information about anything we talked about today. Huge thank you to DVC Rental Store for sponsoring this episode and continuing to be a, a partner of ours. Uh, please check them out to uh, rent DVC points or, you know, or rent out your DVC points. Uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all in real soon. This is Skipper Albert a. Wall, the voice of the jungle. Signing off from Welcome Home
1: podcast on the
0: DVC. We do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl. Look out! Here comes.